Hey y'all, welcome back to Anything Goes with Allie Christie. I am so excited for this episode because for the first time ever, I have the opportunity to take some of y'all's questions and I can answer them. So today I'm kind of delving into college life and answering some questions from my Instagram and talking about things I've learned about living with type 1 in college. So for those of you who don't know, I just finished my freshman year at Texas Christian University as a nursing major. And let me tell you, it was so fun, and I learned so, so much, and met so many amazing, awesome, beautiful people. And I'm so excited to go back this August and just continue this journey. But until then, I really have been enjoying my time here back home in Nevada, riding the horses, and um, working as a waitress and a vet assistant. I definitely feel like this summer has been very productive, so that's always a good feeling, but let's start off with some of these questions and get this podcast started. So first question is, did I write my college essay on type one? And to give some insight on that. So I actually wrote my college essay on the story I told in my very first podcast, Highs and Lows, about my first equestrian medal final with all those external type one stressors and even just the external stressors from the medal final itself. And then I kind of used that as a window to explain why I wanted to go into the medical field just from having so many years of personal experience. Now with that being said, I do hear a lot of times kids stressing about essays and majors and that they don't have a huge reason or story or situation that backs up why they want to do what they want to do. And I just want to put it out there that that's totally okay. And the most important thing is to do what you love. You don't need some crazy story to point you into a direction. Actually, for most of high school, I was dead set on being a broadcast journalist just because. Literally no other reason than it looked fun. So, guys, that's totally okay and just as relevant too. Okay, so these next two kind of go hand in hand and they ask, do you get treated differently and what do you do when people don't understand? So, I think this is one of the biggest things I really want to get out there to the community about type 1 and life and all that good stuff. And I would be lying if I said I don't get funny looks when my pump wires are showing or people see the obnoxious sensor on my leg or that when I switch to shots and I get my insulin out of a very suspicious looking needle that I don't feel a little uncomfortable. And I'd be lying if I said I have on numerous occasions not felt uncomfortable just by owning the fact that I have type 1. And this sounds so bad, like, Allie, what the heck? This goes completely against everything you speak about. And you're right, but that's kind of the very reason why I speak about it now. So when I first came to college, I was so excited for this new blank slate. No one knew me. I could be whoever I wanted and I could kind of portray myself the way I wanted people to see me. So for some reason, after owning my type one all my life, I got to college and completely had a shift in my views. One night going out, I remember having my pump hooked to my jeans, very much so in view, and I could just feel all the eyes on it. And those questions of where I'm from and what do you like to do or what are you majoring in all kind of turn into, what the heck is that thing clipped to your pants? So I switched to shots shortly after that, and then all I began to get was the weird looks. And I began falling into the spiral of being so dang worried about how my type 1 could be affecting the way people perceived me. I think my biggest thing that made me feel so out of place with my type 1 was that I knew 9 times out of 10, 
people would assume that it's caused by lifestyle or poor eating or poor diet, and I would be judged on something that wasn't even true about my type of disease. I was stuck feeling like this new fun blank slate I had was being a little taken away from me. But here's the thing, and this is a big saying my family has, and it's that in life, we are dealt the cards we're dealt with, and you learn to make the most out of it. So maybe I'm looking at my cards, right? Hoping for all aces. And maybe there's a three over here, and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, let's switch to shots. Let's try to get rid of some of that card. And, oh, there's a four over there. Yeah, well, maybe instead of educating people, I'm just going to hide my pump a little better and on and on and on. But in the end, if I'm dealt a silly hand, I'm dealt a silly hand. And I'm going to work my butt off to try to change that by the end of the game. But until then, you own it, right? So I kind of lost sight of that first semester, I feel like. So back to the question, do I get treated differently? And what do I do when people don't understand? I don't think so. I think not owning who I was and not being as open and willing to educate is the only way I would or was getting treated differently. People are just curious. People can be ignorant. And some people, no matter how much you explain, will still insist on selling you their miracle birdseed cures or go on and on about how their dog has diabetes too and they totally get it. (laughs) And that's totally okay. Because if you own who you are and are confident that you are in charge with what you get to do with your cards throughout your game of life, or I guess in this case, college, you're going to have a really good experience. And you're not going to get treated any differently in any negative sort of way. Trust me. So with that, some things that kind of helped me along in becoming confident with who I was and with my type one is I invested in some super cute sensor tape. So my sensor didn't look so medical and scary. And Maybe some days I'm wanting to clip my pump inside my shirt, and that's totally okay. But when I do want to clip it where the world will see it, I know that every look and question asked is a way I get to advocate for children who might have not been so fortunate in their situations, or who may still be needing the world to hear that knowledge. And to do it for myself, own who I am and what I have, and show the world that despite my cards, my zest for life is not going anywhere. So long story short, just keep your heads up because you're all absolutely killing it. So don't let people make you think any differently. Our next question asks, how do I get my medical supplies being so far away from home? So as for my insulin and test strips, we actually have a pharmacy right by my school to complete those orders. And I just kind of go pick them up as they come in. And then as for pumps, my mom actually ships them to me and that's how I get those. But there was a little situation last semester, though. Texas decided that they wanted to have some fun and pull a fast one and give us a two-week snowstorm that literally cut all of our power and water and, in turn, closed the pharmacy and post office. So that was a little scary, but I did end up having backups in case of an emergency. So I definitely highly recommend having more than you think you need. But yeah, that's my little supplies scare story from last semester. The next question asks, what's your funniest college type one story? Um, I don't know. 
I sometimes like to switch to shots or insulin pens just because it's a nice disconnect to have for periods of time. And I will say I have gotten some pretty questionable looks in the bathrooms or at restaurants whipping out my needles. <laughs> um, I've had friends accidentally get caught on my tube and rip it out. Um, I can't really think of anything too crazy right now. But if I could actually pick one of my funniest stories that has to do with type 1 in school, I have a couple funny middle school stories. So, first story, I used to be on the Omnipod pump, and as Omnipod users know, when three days hits, that thing starts beeping at you all day long. So, I guess I had hit my three days of wearing the pump, and it started beeping conveniently in the middle of a history test, and I kind of had a crazy history teacher at the time to begin with, so I'm just going to put that out there before I begin. But he heard the beeps and thought it was the bell to release us from class. And this guy got so mad. He used to have this metal stool that literally sat like in the middle of his classroom. And I'm pretty sure he had anger issues because every time he got mad, which was quite often, he'd punch it. Like full on punch the metal stool. And this poor stool had so many dents on it from him. I don't think anyone could even sit on it. So, anyways, he's upset. He's punching the stool. The stool. He calls the front office and is yelling at them about a bell that went off, but he can't release us because we're in the middle of a test. And then he's punching the stool even more. <laughs> and this whole time, I could just feel my whole face turning tomato red. And at this point, all I can do is just pretend to be writing on my paper so he wouldn't notice me. <laughs> um, I ended up disabling it and changing it after class. But oh my goodness, I was so embarrassed, and I know I had friends who knew about my pump in that class, so shout out to the homies for saving me from that embarrassment. But yeah, that was interesting. And the second story I have actually took place that same year. And let me begin by saying my middle school was not in the nicest area ever. We had some crazy things happen there, and there were some crazy people, so it made sense that he thought this. But anyways, my pump was of course alarming again, but this time it had expired. And when an Omnipod expires, it lets out this continuous high-pitched beep until you disable it. So my meter to disable it was in my locker. So I left class to go get it, and my locker mate happened to be there. And my pod was on my stomach, and I was holding it down with my hands to kind of suppress the beeping. And as I walked up, he told me to stop and listen because he heard something beeping and it was freaking him out. So I kind of laugh, and I'm like, oh, no, ha, huh, that's... It's actually me and I release my hands and show him the pump and I've never seen a kid look more terrified he goes oh my god Allison Allison you have a bomb and I was like no 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 this is just my medical device and then after some more talking to him he finally relaxes and he was like oh oh you have stomach cancer that makes sense and then just continues to walk away like nothing ever happened and I think that might have been the weirdest interaction I ever had in that school. But anyways, those are my funny type one in school stories. Okay, last question is where do I put my pump? So whenever I change my pump, I put it wherever I know it's going to work best based on what I'm doing that week. So let's say I'm going country dancing, I'd probably opt to put it on my stomach or lower back because on my arm it might get caught. Or maybe I don't have much planned that week. I'll probably put it on my arm because my sights work best there. And I know I'll get a good use out of it. 
So that's kind of how I gauge when and where to put my pumps throughout the weeks. And yeah, I think that's all I have for questions, but I just want to throw it out there. And I know I said it in my previous podcast, but I can't help myself. I just want to remind all of you new college students or literally any diabetic listening that we may have type one, but it'll never have us. And I just really want that to stick in people's heads. You're going to have a really great time in college and you're going to have some lows, literally and figuratively, but oh my goodness, y'all have already gotten this far. Like, do you know how impressive that is? Like, actually, I know it's a big bump in the road and a little daunting, especially when big life changes such as college comes up. It's scary. Having a critical demanding disease and then all of a sudden being off on your own can be a really scary feat. I feel like I was pretty independent with my type 1 from a very early age, and I still found myself fearing what could go wrong. But keep pushing, keep fighting, take it one day at a time. It sounds super cheesy, but seriously, I am so proud of y'all for not letting this disease hold you back, so keep going. And that's all I have for you today, but thank you so much for all the fun questions. I really had a great time interacting with some of you. And as always, for more information, you can access my website at typicaltype1.org or my Instagram at typicaltype1. Thank you, guys.